friends. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Layton, and thank you for joining me in our journey to hope. It is my desire through this podcast to bring you information about how to discover, sustain, or perhaps regain hope. It is easy to feel alone when we're faced with challenges to our hope. Well, the truth is, we are not alone. In a previous episode, we looked at an event where Jesus healed a man suffering from leprosy. We noted that this disease caused him to be separated from society, leading to an intensely lonely life. In his helplessness and hopeless situation, he turned to our Lord for healing. In a similar way, we can turn to our Lord and find acceptance and rest from the debilitating disease of sin. Our Lord welcomes us into a community of believers where we find love and acceptance, thus removing our loneliness. Well, in this episode, we're going to look at a woman also found in Scripture that was all alone in her society as she also suffered from a terrible health crisis. We will learn how she progressed from hopeless to hopeful because of her interaction with Jesus, and we'll discuss how it applies to us today. This event is recorded in the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we're going to focus on the event recorded in the book of Mark, chapter 5. And although there is emphasis on physical healing, we will also see where Jesus restored her hope through spiritual and social healing. Jesus is known for a lot of things. Beyond his sacrifice for our sins are his use of parables and the miracles to teach us of God's love. Of the many miracles recorded through the Gospels, a large number of them involve healing someone. These are only the recorded miracles. We know from John's Gospel that what we have recorded is to show us who Jesus was. For example, when we read of Jesus healing the 5,000, Part of the narrative records that Jesus saw the large crowd and had compassion on them and, as stated in Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21, says that he healed their sick. We don't know how many of the 5,000 received healing. Sometimes he was asked to heal. Sometimes he chose someone to heal. And once, as in this event, it seems that he was surprised to have healed. Well, as the event unfolds, we see a woman in the crowd who has been suffering from bleeding for 12 years. She had spent all she had in failed attempts to be cured. Because of this disease, she was considered ceremonially unclean. This would also be true for anyone associating with her or even touching her, or anything that belonged to her, as long as this situation persisted. She was forced to live a lonely existence. She suffered physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, and certainly spiritually. Well, perhaps you can identify with the person if you've ever experienced a long-term or debilitating disease or been forced into quarantine. Well, in the context of the event, 
She was at the complete opposite end of the social scale from that of the synagogue official whom Jesus was on his way to see at the time the event occurred. Only one thing might offer her a spark of hope. You can see it in her thoughts. She felt that if she could just touch the fringe of his garment, she could be healed and live a normal life. The fringe indicates just the hem along the bottom of the garment. To do so, she would have to bow down in an humble position. Friends, Jesus never rejects anyone who comes to him in humility. But we can see the event occurring. He quietly and timidly made her way to be close enough to touch him. And as she gets close enough, perhaps she reaches out and just gently brushes his garment, hoping not to be noticed. Maybe she thought she would go away and later find that she was beginning to be healed. But Mark records that she was aware that she was immediately healed. It's not recorded, but we can only imagine the joy in her heart as for the first time in over 12 years is the stirring of hope, where before there had only been hopelessness. She might even have been stunned by the suddenness and completeness of the healing. Did she dare believe that what had happened was real? Jesus immediately knew that a healing had happened because it records he felt the healing power go from him. Again, he seemed to have been surprised by the event. He immediately stopped and asked who had touched his garments. This was a remarkable question since the crowd around him would be pressing in and touching and jostling him. Jesus kept looking around to find the one who touched him. This was not a moment he was going to let go. Seeing that Jesus was looking for her, in fear she comes forward and fell before him, confessing what she had done. She might have expected to be punished for her actions, but what she received was the fulfillment of her hope as seen through the kind and compassionate words of Jesus. In Mark chapter 5, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. By searching her out and addressing her before everyone, Jesus provided her and the crowd with recognition that she had been healed and fully restored to the community. All she had dared hope for had been filled in just one touch. Well, there's many things we can learn from this event that impact our lives as we too seek a journey to hopefulness. We could focus on the power of the Spirit of God, or we could discuss being resolute in prayer and actions. But what Jesus recognized and emphasized is the most important lesson, and it's how even a small amount of faith led her from hopelessness to hopefulness. And that's what I want to explore in our life. Faith is a word we hear a lot, and sometimes it might even be misunderstood. So what is faith? Well, faith is the environment in which our relationship with God begins and is sustained and continues into eternity. It is stated in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, as the element that without we cannot please God. 
Now, faith has three elements to it. First, they're getting to know God. We explore who God is, what he does for us, and what he wants from us. This increased knowledge of God leads to the second element, trusting God. Because of our knowledge of God, our trust is not blind. As we come to know God, we realize quickly that God is faithful to his promises to us. Faithful means God will keep his promises. That is at the heart of our trust. For this, we realize the need for the third element of our faith, obedience to God. Obedience means as we discover God's will, we put it into practice in our life. We have stated it before, but it could be repeated. Faith requires obedience. That's found in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. But always remember, we're not earning our acceptance from God. We are responding to his love. Another point is that faith will be rewarded. Although we focus on the woman's desperate situation in this event, we must not overlook her resolve in faith. Perhaps it was in desperation, but it was there nevertheless. That is what Jesus recognized in her. Jesus never rejects anyone who comes to him in simple and honest faith. He frequently pointed it out, even at times marveling at it. We can trust in that in our life. Faith was one of the most consistent teachings of Jesus, and one can argue the most important. What is noticeable in this situation and today and ours is that Jesus does not demand a complete or mature faith. In fact, one of the most powerful statements by Jesus is when he compares faith the size of a mustard seed to having remarkable power. You can read about that in Luke chapter 17, verse 6. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, the woman in this event that we're looking at had such faith. It was not complete or mature, but it was enough to follow through. In that small budding faith that she had, she received complete healing of body, mind, and soul. A point of note about this woman's faith it's recorded in Luke's record of the event that she told in the presence of all what she had done and what the result was. That is a powerful insight. So many times we think we cannot share what our Lord has done for us unless we're trained and skilled in sharing the gospel. Yet here, this remarkable woman simply glorifies our Lord by sharing what he did for her. All of us can share our story as a start to helping others experience God's grace. But remember, we must act in our faith. All too often, we might believe or perhaps wish for something, but never follow through. The woman in this event certainly had a wish, but she followed through by taking deliberate actions to try to bring it about. She resolved in her mind that she would take the action, and she did so. She had to travel to where Jesus would be. She crept forward through the crowd, touched the garment, and quickly and quietly withdrew. Had the woman not acted, she would have remained in her hopeless and desperate condition. 
In the great Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, Jesus concludes by telling us that we must act upon his teachings. He tells the great parable of a house built on a rock. When the storms come, the house stands fast because it has a firm foundation. Someone who does not just hear our Lord's word, but rather builds their life, in other words, action, on the foundation of his teachings of Jesus is a wise person. On the other hand, someone who doesn't do as Jesus teaches is a foolish person who builds a house on sand, a weak and shifting foundation. When the storms come, the house is destroyed. So too will be our life if we do not do as Jesus teaches. If we do not do as Jesus teaches, then we're foolish. In the book of James, as I've already referred to, we find that we must be more than someone who simply hears. We must also do. James is teaching this in the context of faith. As James begins the chapter, he speaks of testing our faith so that it will build spiritual strength. He even teaches us to rejoice in this testing. In the second chapter of James, he tells us that if we don't act upon our faith, then it is a dead faith and therefore worthless. James isn't telling us that we receive God's blessings because of great works we might do. Rather, he's teaching us that our faith is seen through our works. He challenges us to show faith without works, and he will show faith through work. He, like Paul, is telling us that we should be compelled to do good things that God has prepared for us to do because of our faith. When we find ourselves in desperate situations, it's easy to feel that there's just no hope. Often this causes us to withdraw even more. We turn into ourselves rather than reaching out for help. We must not do so. We must seek to learn our Lord's teachings and act upon our faith by turning to Him and doing as He teaches. And like the woman in this event, our initial actions might be timid and fearful. But we find the healing of our souls, and we will shout with joy. This event is not recorded in the Gospels as an afterthought. It has great relevancy to us today as we face desperate and seemingly hopeless situations. Our faith will be rewarded, and we must act upon our faith. If we don't, we will continue in our hopelessness. This remarkable woman demonstrates that to us. She was in a desperate situation with nowhere else to turn but the one who might heal her. Just a glancing touch, made perhaps more from desperation than faith, was enough for the full healing power of Jesus to go to her. In doing so, she felt the spark of hope turn into a sense of hope to her healing. Then she experienced seeing hope as Jesus restored not only her health, but her spirit. Jesus continues to meet our needs if we will only turn to him in simple, obedient faith. And when we do, our most critical need, forgiveness of our sins, is met. In this, we gain hope. We also gain peace and promise to help through the storms of life. Friends, thank you for joining me in this podcast as together we journey to hope. I invite you to continue with us as we gain insights into not only our journey to hope, but how we can also help others in their journey. 
I invite you to contact me if you have questions or comments or you wish to share with me something you've experienced in your journey to hope. My email is ourjourneytohope at gmail.com. That's our journey and the number two, hope at gmail.com. I look forward to sharing more with you soon. Again, thank you for listening. And until our next episode, remember, we give all glory to God the Father.